I'm Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's about, about time for true crime. crime. Hey. Hi. How are you guys doing? How was your weekend? Happy Tuesday. How was, um, I don't know, life, you guys? Last week was Indigenous People's Day. That was sick. We got a short week. Um, we love a short work week. We love some oh. extra time off. <laughs> some Zs on the weekend. Oh, I did not have those. Yeah. How are you doing? Very busy weekend. Yes. Um, my friend flew in from Michigan. Oh. Got to hang out. We played some board games, got some drinks. It was a lot of fun. We did some peeping of leaves. Ooh. I got a parking ticket. Oh. Only 20 bucks. Hey. But it was a parking ticket, and I was like, God damn it. What a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> and then um, got to spend some time with my fiance and just have a chill day, like, around the house. We're watching the Dahmer series. Oh. We're like almost done it, so I'll have like a I'll like have an update at the end when I wrap it up. But I am like a mixed bag on the show. Okay, don't give away too much because I also want to watch it and like talk about it with you. Um, but for those of you who don't know me, I am also like big soft baby, and so it does take me a little bit longer to get through some of the graphic stuff. It is. It honestly, it is a lot. I think we're in um, episode eight. I want to quick sidebar here i'm like sick it's not covid i get a cold or everything this time of year so my voice is just a little bit extra like raspy and sexy for you guys so you're welcome i took one for the team you guys should have heard her earlier she was (laughs) could barely talk we were (laughs) kind of worried about that tonight but you're doing great oh i thank you so much but so if i sound a little funny that's why i'm drinking lots of tea so it'll probably like just progressively get worse throughout the episode but um the Dahmer show I think we're on episode eight I think there's ten okay um Evan Peters does just a great job I think in every role that he has I would love to see him in a rom-com just to like I feel like he needs it more yeah. than we need it he needs a break <laughs> just People to keep giving him wonky ass that's roles like, like I've never watched any of the American Horror Story stuff I just haven't but I know that he's in like all of them. I think I watched the first one. I think there was like that house that was like oh yeah, or like Monster House or something. I think like so. That. And like he was great in that. I think he's just good in like everything that he does. But this was like an exceptionally, I think, difficult character to grasp because he really does dive into his roles, and then yeah, d- that's a dangerous one to dive into. But yeah, it is. It's as accurate, I think, as it could be. Okay, but it's so. Like, there's not one part of it that, like, makes you laugh or makes you smile. It's just very much, like, Ugh. from the beginning to the end, it sucks. Yeah. Like, in, like, not that it's not well made, but, like, it's, t- it's, it's, it's heavy, heavy, heavy. It's heavy. Yeah, it weighs you down. And then when, like, the episode wraps up, it's not, like, really on a cliffhanger. Because if you're like us, we, like, know what happens. Right. And it's pretty true to what happened. Okay. I so mean, that's good. Some people say it's, like, unwatchable because it's so heavy and gory and everything. Like, if you've got a weak stomach, like, I couldn't watch it before dinner. Yeah. I had to give it some time after dinner. And there's very few things I did that with. Like, I could watch The Boys, which I think is, like, pretty graphic. Yeah, that gets gory. Like, while I'm stuffing my face and laugh at that. And if you haven't watched that, you guys have to. Oh, my gosh, please. It's the only reason I have Prime right now. (laughs) But um, it's, it's just one of those. It's like, oh, wow, that was a lot. So, yeah. 
that's your warning. It's been out for a while now, so if you've wanted to watch it, you probably already have. I'm not telling you anything new, except apparently yes. for Abby, because well, there are you those have to of ease us, into it. Yeah, who want to watch it, and um, for whatever reason, in the last few weeks since it's been released, like I haven't had enough time to mentally prep and sit and watch, and then know that I'm going to need some like decompression after that. I just haven't had the time, which, yeah. you know, it's been insane. But I think as things start to lighten up and you guys, I know you haven't asked and I know I haven't told you, but I'm doing so good on saying no to plans. <laughs> um, I know you haven't asked. <laughs> well, I'm asking, how are you doing on saying no to plans? <laughs> I know. What is, how, how's that going? How's your therapist with it? Um, I've been doing so good because I got my master's and I chugged that shit out it was pretty fast um but that meant for like two years I just had no social life and so right when I was done everyone was like quick time grab it and I'm finally now like months and months and months and months after the fact I'm like oh there's a reprieve in sight I'm saying no like this, <laughs> this weekend is reserved for pajamas and hanging out with my cat yep um which I do actually have on my calendar right now. So I love that. Love that. Um, and this weekend was pretty busy for me, but such is life. It, I'm holding on to the fact that it's coming to a close soon. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, short work week did help with that to have like a day that would have otherwise been dedicated to work to just sort of like. <sighs> right. Yeah. I didn't even clean, which I probably should have because I also need to do that. But it uh, happens to the best of us. I really just needed like a day to do zero yep so i got lost in the woods a little bit um love that i made some spiced chocolate chip oatmeal cookies that had some pumpkin which i know you don't like but oh you um, had me right up until the pumpkin actually i'll be real with you i'll bring you like half of one because they're so spiced you almost don't taste it at all i mean Um, i'd be willing to try it but like the actual like cans of that pumpkin ooh, (laughs) just it I get you. Doesn't do it for me. I do get that. And it's. I think that's like a texture thing for a lot of people, too. It's just kind of uh, like mushy as you I gross. love the smell. Like, I have pumpkin candles, like, all yeah. around my house. I'm totally down with that. But, like, the actual, like, put it in my mouth? You're kidding. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, that's so wild to me. But, yeah, I'll bring you, like, a tiny one. You'll have to tell me. You'll have to tell them if you like it. Um, well, I will just have to report back. I, I will say this. I don't toot my own horn on a lot of things. But I'm a pretty good bake. I think so. Mm-hmm. You timed that as I was sipping my tea. Yes. Um, I didn't even have my pinky out. What a missed opportunity. Uh, um, fancy who? No, you have an incredible like talent for baking, which is great because I love to eat. You're so, so nice. That's my wife. Uh, you know how in um, The Office when, oh, uh, what is it like Pam and Andy are like paired up to go do the sales out in the field or something and they're like i love to cook and he loves to eat yeah <laughs> it's just like i love to eat me too here i am <laughs> oh my gosh yeah yes i i do like to make a sweet treat i think that's like a kind of therapy for me of course but um and this time of year especially when you can actually have the oven on and you don't want to like like leave sweat your house. My brains out yeah, yeah. Um, so that was nice. Yeah. So I had like a perfect autumnal day. I like went out, Wonderful. got lost in the woods, got all like the leaves changing. You know how like there's that certain smell in the air when fall comes around. It's like a little bit crispy. Yeah. And then a little dead almost leafy. like dead leafy, almost Wet. wood burny, but not quite kind of musk scent. It's good. Moist. Uh, I know. I just had to. Sorry. Um, 
I'm not actually the worst fan of moist. I hate the word tissue more than I hate the word moist, but that's tissue. Beside the point. Ugh, Are yeah. you kidding me? Ugh. It's the ew. It's the tissue. Like that feels wrong. That feels icky. You know the word I hate, and it's not just like for the implication. Hmm. The word penetrate. Yeah, it's bad. Like, right? Even there's the never sound good of it, enough reason. There's to say always penetrate. there's always an alternative. It's true. And if you're saying it, then you're like intentionally trying to use the word yeah you're trying to be a little phallic and we see you you're not fooling nobody a maroon song uh, a no, maroon song a mar- <laughs> see i'm sick you guys <laughs> it's the day quill like baby day drunk um there's a maroon five song that i really like and it has the word penetrate in it and i like every other part of the song and every time he says it i'm like adam levine you are killing me stop it there were so many other words you could have used holy and it would have worked holy moly holy moly <laughs> Like, knock it off. Your body is freaking fine. What are you talking about? Oh, just all of the Adam Levine memes and oh, things oh, oh, oh. as of recent. And then, I mean, yeah, he probably would use penetrate in a song if he's trying to get it on, you know? Isn't he um, cheating on his wife? Is that the new uh, thing yeah. right now? Well, yeah, that's part of it. Um, he couldn't really keep it in his pants, and he has a wife. And uh, if you do that online, people do tend to take screenshots so they do yeah people would never oh my gosh snl did a hysterical skit where they were like um you can win 10 million dollars if you can just respond normally to one woman's dm oh my god and they had someone like play adam levine and it was holy moly (laughs) your body is freaking banging (laughs) like (laughs) let me you Oh my gosh, one of it was like, you make my penis smile. And I was Shut like, the stop. <laughs> no. Uh, and girls, you know it. You've gotten that weird DM. Oh my God, several. Oh. You know the blurry picture? It's like, do you want to accept this? And it's like, I, like wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder what that is. No. no. <laughs> I don't think there's a beige, uh, <laughs> what is it? The Washington <laughs> Monument? Flashlight that I need to <laughs> see right now. Or, um, oh. But like. The balls on Adam Levine for that. Have you ever seen a video of him singing live? I, I personally no. think he sucks. Like the recordings of the Maroon 5 <sighs> songs and like his songs yeah. on his own, I think are like excellent. Like Right. I, they're produced really well. And they're nostalgic for us now. Like that was like Sunday morning was like, mm, like that was my jam yeah. way back when, you know. And uh, hearing him sing now is like live or out loud. I'm like, honey. Honey, no. No. Please. This is not that good. Just stop. Anyway, I'll stop shitting on him. All right. So anyway. The story today. The story today. Uh, what is it? Because I don't know it. It's spooky ooky. Okay. So I wanted to get into this and I'll be real with you guys. After last week's, which fucking sucked. Um, it was just hard and Oh, heavy. you mean the, the actual child rapist murderer that you covered that had... 300 plus victims yeah mm-hmm, that one and, oh i slept great after that Thank no you. i i did too it was really good <laughs> thank you so much um catching the z's well i wanted something a little more light-hearted mm. but i did not really succeed i did but i didn't so okay i picked a halloween day murder which for those of you who have clicked on this know that it is the murder of martha moxley um this takes place in the 70s as most of our true crime og stories do 70s and 80s man would not want to answer a door in the 70s couldn't catch me doing it i wouldn't do it ring the doorbell goodbye looking like me (laughs) (laughs) i know it um so i wanted something that was a little more lighthearted. 
but I picked one that by all accounts seemed to be solved only to find that it was not the case. And after a long hiatus before the case got solved, the resolution they came to was not a final one. And that resolution was overturned. So um, that sucks. But I did want to raise some awareness with this cold case, you know, um, and also involve a little spooky because it definitely is spooky. But it is not a question mark we should be living with right now. Like, I think we know who did it. I think similar to a John Bonet thing, we don't have the evidence to connect it. Gotcha. So it's one of those. Yeah. So here we go. On Halloween of 1975, a girl known as Martha Moxley was found dead in her own backyard in the cozy neighborhood of Bellhaven, Greenwich, Connecticut. According to friends and family, it felt safe. So why, in 1975, was she bludgeoned to death with a golf club? And how did a nephew of, Allie, you're going to love this, Bobby Kennedy Jr., Stop it right now. And charged, I know this one. convicted, and exonerated of the crime. Bobby Kennedy, not Ted Kennedy? No? Okay. Nope. All right. Bobby Kennedy. Oh, okay. So, of course, this is just like the Killing curse of... Killing someone? I don't know. So, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Throwing shade here. <clears throat> well, you know the curse of the Kennedys more than anyone, I'm sure. Oh, my God. I love the Kennedys. You're not a Kennedy. You're just obsessed with them. Oh, my God. So much. Yes, I know. But if I could have been? I know you would have been. Mm. Ooh, girl. Yeah, you would have been a Marilyn, huh? Oh, in my greatest fantasy. Mm-hmm. Just not at the end. No. Not not the way that played out. Oh, quick, tiny, tiny sidebar. I promise it yes. won't be long. Have you heard of Blonde? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the new biopic that came out. Apparently it did a terrible job. Yes, and the guy freaking does not care about Marilyn Monroe at all. Which is, I think, kind of rude. Because if you're going to profit off of somebody's legacy, you should probably fucking care about the legacy. No. So I follow this girl on Instagram. Actually, hold on. I'll plug her right now. Okay. Her name is Jessica Ville. And on Instagram, it's J Bunzi, B-U-N-Z-I-E. Anyway, she's beautiful. Okay. Like, she's stunning. She, like, is a digital creator. She makes, like, she wants to be, I think, like, a film director or something. Ooh. But she can transform herself into Marilyn Monroe. And I'm, I shit you not, like, I'll find it. When I say it's, like, accurate, like, she's got the facial expressions, the everything down to a T of Marilyn Monroe. This is her. You guys, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Oh, my gosh. No, she. Oh, gosh. She does it, like, down to, like, the the eyebrow, like, raising and the sultry look and just enough, but cutesy enough, but... For the time, she does it. Yes, she's and a, even, like, the little shoulder movements she yeah, has. Yeah, the like, mannerisms, everything. She's just, yeah. like, fully encapsulated it. And she can turn into literally any celebrity. This is her. Like, I cannot that get is, over it. That is just wild. And so, again, J-B-U-N-Z-I-E, if you are, I don't know, in the market for it. <laughs> but she also has like made a petition to want to like redo the biopic to give it like the actual credit that it deserves because i think that's great they did a very poor job of showing her life also like i get that you can't like gatekeep everything i do get that part i do struggle sometimes with gatekeeping a little okay (laughs) i'll admit it but can we just like stop letting men get all of the profits for women's hard work like hard work like i mean 
this guy just like I mean I'm pretty sure even the actress that they um cast for her she's beautiful yeah she looks very similar to her but I don't think that she quite got the like voice and like the whole thing yeah, yeah. like the way that she talks correct it's just I don't know it just seemed like they w- wanted to make her like a bimbo right and I feel like that is so rude especially if you're gonna profit off of somebody else's life yeah life legacy and insanely successful career mm-hmm. um and you know what let let women have like something something <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway okay sorry the I'll, bars on the ground here i'll take the pin out of that but i did just want to say um this is so up your alley you have no literally idea. Get yes it. Get it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so let's start with martha moxley Martha Moxley, now late, was born August 16th, 1960, which means she's a little Leo. Oh, my. Uh, Martha was described as always smiling with a personality that was beaming. She was said to have the kind of personality that made you feel like you were the center of the world. Mm -hmm. Martha did grow up in California, but moved to Bellhaven, Greenwich, Connecticut the year previously. Oh, I forgot this was Connecticut. Yeah. So the crime right here is like wicked low. And per the Zillow search that I did um, today, <laughs> the lowest cost of a house that I could see was in the uh, baby millions. So oh. it is a well-to-do neighborhood. And the same was true back in the 70s. So makes sense that the Kennedys, well, because it's also right near... Um the Kennedy property. Was it Martha's yeah. Vineyard or wherever it is? Yeah. So these are direct nephews of Bobby Kennedy Jr. Okay. The father in this family, his sister married Bobby Kennedy Jr. Okay. So yeah. Um, they're like, you know, it's Uncle Bobby. Mm. Wild. But not the point. Daddy Bobby. Anyway. <laughs> but um, <laughs> here, like I said, the crime rate is low. The house price is high. And motives seemingly didn't exist. In fact, they hadn't had a homicide case in like 30 years before this. Jeez. Mm, which is wild. That is insane. Yeah. And so Martha and her family, like, of course, they're happy to move into this beautiful neighborhood. Everybody feels safe. It's like kind of the hunky-dory suburbia that everybody dreams of for mm-hmm. their kids. Um and Martha's neighbor, Tori Holland, she says that Martha's backyard, like, kind of meshed into her front yard. So I'm not entirely sure how that worked, if they were, like, kind of a side set street and then Tori's was, like, facing the other street, if it was on, yeah, a, like corner. on a corner or something. Sure. Yeah. Or if it was just, like, her backyard backed into the next street behind them. I don't know. Okay. But they were neighbors. And Tori describes Martha as a joy to be around and it quote unquote didn't take her long to become the it girl. And mm-hmm. that is a quote from 48 hours, which I listened to a crime junkie podcast on this and I watched a full 48 hours on this. There were two of them, but I could not accurately find the one that was made in 2008 on Paramount plus, which is where they're streaming them now. So I didn't want to say that I used the 2008 48 hours. I only used the one that was produced later on. Okay. She's very pretty. She's beautiful. Um, And something that I thought was really cute. It took me a long time to find any description of Martha because obviously so much of this is about the Kennedy connection. Um, But 
for Martha, I couldn't even find an obituary. So it took a lot for me to find descriptions of her. Mm-hmm. And I was super glad that they had people that knew her in the 48 hours because everything else was like, look, this girl's dead. Now the Kennedys. And it was like, OK, can we do her any better than that? Right. Like any better than that? She was like 15. So um, Martha was described as having straight A's all through middle school and had been voted best personality, which Aww. I just think is cute as hell. That's adorable. So let's get into the crime and the initial investigation. We're going to jump forward to 1975 and to be exact, October 30th, 1975. Okay. In the Bellhaven neighborhood, there is a thing at this time that is called Mischief Night. And basically, from what I can gather, it is harmless pranks done by teens. That sounds very cute and like it can go very bad. Yes. So what they're used to for mischief nights is like teeping each other's houses, maybe doing some ding dong ditch, like yeah, low key minor repercussions, pranks on each other. Yeah. Harmless. Sure. Right. So on October 30th of 1975, Martha obviously really wanted to go out and enjoy all that chaos. Like, you know, you're 15, your FOMO is going to be off the fucking roof. And you don't want to be the only one that's in your house. Right. And at first she wasn't allowed to go because Martha's mother, her name is Dorothy. We'll talk about her quite a bit. Um, Dorothy says no to Martha going out that night because I guess Martha had been grounded for something small. Um, but oh, Martha, I know classic Martha being a 14 year old. But Dorothy eventually caved like Martha was begging to go. And I guess, um, Martha's dad was out of town, so she, like, only had to convince her mom. Gotcha. And because Martha had an older brother, John, who was allowed to go, it was, like, pretty easy. She was like, John gets to go, but I don't get to go. Like, right. So the mom caved, and she was like, fine, but you have to be home by 930. Okay. That's a fine compromise. 930 isn't early, but it's also not as late as it could be. And, mm-hmm. like, you're still getting to go out, so that's cool. Absolutely. So Dorothy... Says okay, and Martha leaves the house. 9.30 comes and goes, and Dorothy is more annoyed than concerned, but Martha's not home. So she's like, ugh, okay, mischief night. Like, this kid literally just wants to stay out with her friends all night. It's super annoying. Yeah. Like, you give her in and she takes a mile, probably, Mm -hmm. is what this mom is thinking. And, you know, it's a fun prank night, so the night rolls on, and Dorothy's just getting more and more concerned. You know, 10 comes and goes, 11 comes and goes. We finally get to 2 a.m. So Sheila, who's Martha's best friend, um, got a call from Dorothy. And Dorothy was like, hey, do you know where she is? And Sheila was like, "Uh, no, I don't know. So Dorothy then calls the Skakels, who are the next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. These are a house of boys that Martha and her friends, who when they left, went to go out with for the prank night. So she calls the Skakels, and they don't know where Martha is either. So by 3.30 on Halloween, Dorothy calls the police. The police come to the house, and when they get there, Dorothy tells them that Martha's missing. She doesn't know where she is, and it's not like her. And when she talked to any of you know Martha's friends, even the ones she was out with, nobody had seen her. That's going to be so unsettling. It is. So... Everybody goes out and searches a little, but you can't find anything. It's dark. And for all they know, like she's passed out in somebody's camper, like probably drank at 14 in the 70s. Yeah. Or like is still playing the prank. Right. Is on a spooky night. Maybe she'll pop up in the morning. So they put in this report and they go home. 
the missing persons report yes and this is important because it does mean that with the missing persons report other pds can look so people in the area will be notified to at least like look out for her like if you see you know a girl that looks like martha trick or not trick-or-treating but you know what i mean like out playing pranks with her friends like please pull her aside we're looking for her she's supposed to be home gotcha so that was important. It was really good that they did that that night. But mm-hmm. everybody gets some sleep hoping that the next morning everything's going to like smooth over. Martha will show up. So the next morning, Martha's mom had gone over to the skate goals when Martha hadn't returned. So she had called there at like, you know, 2 a.m., but nothing. So she gets up by 10 a.m. You know, nobody's heard from her. So she goes over and Michael, one of the boys, opens the door and <laughs> Dorothy is so cute. And one of the um, interviews she does, she goes, well, he didn't look well. And they're like, okay, what do you mean? She goes, well, he looked quite hungover. (laughs) I was like, oh, sweet baby angel. So he's probably hungover when she answers the door and said she wasn't there. And she was like, hey, but the camper's out front. Do you mind if I like look in it? Maybe see if she passed out in like one of the beds in the camper or something. Mm -hmm. No luck. Martha isn't in the camper either. So around noon on Halloween, a search party had already been out looking for Martha and this is where things go from bad to worse. Martha was found under a tree on her own property. And it was huge, mind you. Like, they had well over two acres. They called it a quote-unquote estate. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's a million-dollar neighborhood. Yeah, she's neighbors with the Kennedys, I mean. Yes. So I didn't realize you're saying Skagel. That's Ethel Kennedy's maiden name. So it's on the wife's side of the Kennedys. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Um. So fascinating here. And let me take a quick look here. It looks like the initial investigator who found her said, and this is really sad, you guys, um, her hair was so covered in blood that he didn't know what color it was. Oh. Yeah. And that there was this trail in the grass leading up to where her body was placed. Um, And so this is, you know, around noon, one o'clock. So... During this time, everybody's out looking. And of course, you know, police procedures, you're not supposed to let a bunch of people get involved, you know, unless you know that they're safe to get involved. Sure. We also know between the two of us that oftentimes if you commit an offense, you're going to help put yourself in those shoes if you're a certain kind of offender. And yeah, join the investigation. Right. Get involved. Become buddy, buddy. Hopefully fly under the radar. Doesn't mm-hmm. work. You guys heads up. But um, <laughs> in case you were thinking of trying that out. Yeah. But so all of this is going on. And Dorothy, Martha's mother, is, I'm sure, beside herself. So she had a good friend, Jean, who was over, who was just having coffee with her, like trying to calm her down, being like, hey, I'm sure somebody's going to find her. This is all OK. But um that was not the case. And when they found Martha's body, her friend, Helen, who was like her best friend, it was the first person her mom called when she couldn't find her. The, oh, it's so sad. But the whole thing, like her best friend is the one that saw her body and ran in to tell the mom. Oh, and, and she she's probably like, also 14 or 15 years old. Yes. And so Dorothy is sitting there with Jean, her friend that's sitting there with her. Um, and Jean's like, you know what? I'm going to go check on Martha in hopes that if something is seriously wrong, like Dorothy won't have to see it. We can get her to the hospital and then we can go visit her kind of thing. But okay. she won't have to see whatever she's walking in on. So they're not expecting her to be dead. No. 
And that is the other thing that we should note with the missing persons report. They're looking for a girl who's alive and out with her friends. They're not looking for a body. Yes. So it makes sense that even if this happened, the second she left the home, nobody's looking looking for a dead body. Right. They're looking for a living, happy, breathing girl. And if you can't even tell that it's her. Right. And it's a night of pranks and people could stage that. Right. And also it's dark. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had blonde hair, so I'm sure being covered in, it, this is gory, sorry, but being covered in blood, like, that's even darker. That's not going to stick out. Like, mm-hmm. there's just so many things here that meant, even though Dorothy was so on it, she, like, the second she felt something weird, she was like, okay, I'm up, I'm out, I'm at him. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter, because you have to know what you're looking for to find it. Right. So... Really devastating. But when Jean goes to check on Martha, Martha is clearly not okay. Like I said, her hair is red. Her jeans are pulled down to her ankles. Mm -hmm. The back of her skull is savagely beaten in. And she's stabbed with the back of a golf club. So like the handle of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It had broken and part of that shaft had been shoved into the back of her neck. Oh my God. Yeah. And there were pieces of this club. Like he must... He, being whoever the perpetrator is, must have hit her hard enough that the golf club actually shattered. And then proceeded to use what was left of it. Yes. And there was a bunch of the pieces around. So they could kind of put it together and figure out what club it went to. But the part that would have all the fingerprints, like the grip, Mm -hmm. of course, was not there. No. So, um, just awful. And... It's really hard because she's literally 200 feet away from her own home. And they were canvassing the neighborhood. Yes. And she's, you know, under this pine tree or something and maybe a little bit of a walk to the back, but (sighs) devastating. I would be so devastated if I found that out the next day. Oh, of course. And her mom, like, you know, I hope she's come to terms that none of this is her fault. And I will say from any of the interviews I've done... It seems like she is comfortable there, that it isn't her fault, and I hope she remains so. But um, if it was me, I'd be kicking myself so bad for saying yes to going out. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... Like, especially knowing um, that she was grounded and that that was, like, something you said okay to. Like, it's not her fault, and I hope she doesn't. But I could definitely see how that would be a really hard pit yes. to work out of after this. Of course. So I just I wanted to highlight that because I think that Dorothy is strong as fuck. Just insane. Because she, by the way, is still very actively fighting for justice for her daughter, which wow. is amazing um, and seems to do so with what I would call the best attitude a parent could have in that situation. Mm. Like she calls the prosecutors her extended family mm. like ugh. but um Back to the story. We'll zoom back in. It's 1975. Everybody is freaking dumbfounded because you can't find a reason not to like her. Like in everybody they interview, you cannot find a reason not to like this girl. Someone would have something against her. Right. And so not only is there no motive for her, but this is a safe place for all they knew. It's like, you know, one of the safest places in forever. There hadn't been a murder in decades. Mm -hmm. So they don't even have an autopsy clinician in the town. Yeah, Um, which meant they had to wait for a medical examiner. But the medical examiner, you know, obviously with these things, you need to get to it as soon as possible to get the best time range on things. 
So it was a delay until November 1st. And because of that, the best they could determine was that her death was between 9.30 p.m. on the 30th and 5 a.m. on the 31st. Okay, not super helpful. No, it's a pretty big range. And we knew that it was after 930 because she wasn't home, mm-hmm. right? And before 5 a.m. because she didn't come home. Mm-hmm. So, like, that confirmed what we knew, but it only confirmed what we knew. So, amidst this investigation, um, people think that it must have been between 930 and 10 because the police got a lot of complaints that night about dogs barking right around this neighborhood, right around this time, between 9.30 and 10. Oh, geez. Yeah. So that's what they're looking at. They're thinking it's happening at night, and the medical examination report hasn't been released, but there is also nothing that states there was a sexual assault element. I did look that up. Even though? Even though her pants were down to her ankles, they found nothing to suggest physical sexual assault. Interesting. Yes. Not Which, where I thought that was going. Same. Also, did not expect that at all. But I did just want to say that because I do awful cases. And that has been such a big part of so many of them. I'm glad it's not in this one. I know. Hooray. Gold star. So, <laughs> investigators then traced the trail of blood oh. that was through the grass leading to where her family was um, to literally right outside the front of their house. Where there was a big pool of it. Oh, God. Meaning that she was literally killed in front of her home, which sucks. Potentially, like, the second she walked out the door. Well, I wouldn't expect the second she walked out the door because she left with friends. Maybe she was when she was coming Right, home. but oh. that's my thought. Like, oh, finally, long fun night. What a good way. Like, what a good night to celebrate Halloween. See, I knew that there was a case that tied in the Kennedys. Yes. That wasn't like about them, but like tied them in. But I did. I do not know the details. Oh, my God. Keep going. So this is horrible. Tell me everything. It's heinous. It's so bad. And with this pool, obviously, they also discovered the shaft of that club and they found more of it. And it turned out to be a Tony Pana six golf iron. If you can't tell from the way I fumbled over that, I don't golf. I don't desire to. And that's OK. Um, but what I do know is that these, I think it's a Tony Pana brand. Mm. So what they did find about this was that there was an engraving on the shaft of this six club iron and the shaft of it had, you know, shattered like we talked about, but the part that was driven through her neck had the name and Skakel engraved in the handle. And investigators found a set belonging to Ann Skakel, the late mother of the Skakel boys who lived next door, that matched the six iron. Oh. Yes. So investigators, you know, start anywhere you would. They start with Martha's boyfriend. His name Mm -hmm. was Peter. And Peter, you know, he wasn't it. He had a good alibi. He (laughs) actually, it was kind of funny. I was reading up because I was like, why don't we hear anything about her boyfriend? The whole thing. Well, it's because we're zeroed in on this like one 12 hour section of time. And when he gives his testimony, he was literally like, yeah, I had some pot and I got wicked paranoid. So I just stayed home and watched a movie. Oh. And I was like, oh, Peter, Peter, Peter. Oh, no. The, devil, the <laughs> devil's lettuce, Peter. I know. Um, no, nah, I'm with him. I would I would probably rather stay in, too. But if that's how the night's going to go, yeah, I'm staying inside. Yeah, especially if he's like wicked paranoid from weed. Oof. So Poor kid. He gets obviously taken off the suspect list. 
Um, they also interviewed the tutor in the Skakel household. His name was Ken. And they also interviewed like pretty much all of the neighbors in Bellhaven. But one who was 26, his name was Dan Connors. Everybody thought he was like kind of creepy. Damn it, Dan. I know, but not creepy enough to kill her. So mm. um, he also got taken off that list. And by Christmas, it says, well, it being, I think, 48 hours this one came from. But they had done dozens, like, in the 60s of interviews and polygraphs by Christmas, which is pretty fast if you think about, you know, getting through all of that in like a matter of two months. Interview That's like one a day. Yeah, that's one a day. And you have to take into account that they have to, like, find people to do this for, right? Like, do you fit this crime? All of that. And like, cross-reference all the other ones that you're doing. Yes. So now we're going to move into the next section, which I have um, endearingly named Suspects Dumb and Dumber. Ooh, love that. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Skakels. So, we'll talk about them. This is the Kennedy Connection. And Rushton Skakel, he was the father. What's the name? Rushton an unfortunate name okay it's, continue. it's pretty bad um he was the son of ethel who married robert kennedy jr okay okay um making all seven of the skeetle children direct nieces and nephews in the kennedy line their mother Anne, had passed recently of cancer and the father seemed to have some difficulty caring for the boys um going as far as sending at least one of them to a correctional school down the line. And during this initial investigation, all the police had to go off of was testimony and reputation. Between a combination of reputation, Martha's diary, which was later taken into evidence, and that's actually why they redid the 48 hours, was they did one pre-getting Martha's diary and one post-Martha's diary. Interesting. Which is very interesting. Um, Between that and... You know, all of the reputation and what the police had collected. Here's what I know about the two Skakel boys that Martha hung out with the most. Mm -hmm. She hung out with Tommy and Michael. Tommy was 17 years old and Michael was 15 years old. And these were the two boys, obviously, right around her age range Mm -hmm. that she would be hanging out with. So Tommy and Michael both seemingly wanted to date Martha. But Martha seemed to write in her diary about Tommy more than Michael. Tommy's the older one, right? Yes. Which always is. Always is. Um, Girl, and me too. Yes. Been there. Done that. Moved past that. Um, <laughs> and she never got a chance to. I know. And so she really talked about Tommy. And a few weeks prior in her diary, and I am taking direct quotes from this that were read in the 48 hours. And the 48 hours took them directly from her diary. Sure. And it, like, showed the diary evidence. So mm-hmm. I trust that. Um she wrote a few weeks earlier on October 4th. Um, they had gone on an ice cream outing with Michael and Tommy and Martha wrote in her diary about the car ride over. I was practically sitting on Tom's lap. Dot, dot, dot. He kept putting his hand on my knee. Okay. So he's trying to make moves. Then later she wrote, I went to a party. Tom S was being an ass at the dance. He kept putting his arms around me and making moves. And clearly she has a boyfriend named Peter. So that would be a bit of a hurdle for either of the Skakel boys. Just a wee bit. Just a tad. Um, But also I found it interesting that in these diary entries, they at least didn't even bring up whether or not she wrote about Peter at Mm -hmm. all. 
So it was kind of a shock for me to like find that out because that was an after the fact thing when I was looking at this case. I was like, she had a what? Yeah. But um, hopefully she wrote about him and they just didn't point it out because it wasn't pertinent to what they're talking about. Hopefully. So Tori, that neighbor that was interviewed that I talked about with their houses sort of backing into each other, said that she didn't know Martha was spending the amount of time with the Skakels that she was. And Tori said that the boys were rambunctious and a little bit notorious because after their mother died a few years previously, like I said, the po- the fathers didn't really know how to parent them. The parenting just wasn't there. And there were a lot of kids, right? Yeah, there were seven boys. All and boys? And I think one girl, but they don't talk about her. I oh, think she's shit. older. Yeah. Seven boys. What's in the water there? Jeez. I- <sighs> Some sort of aphrodisiac, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're just good Catholics. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, (laughs) um, Again, this was like notorious. And on the weekend of Halloween, the boy's father was out of town. So Rushton was gone. He was late a days. Oh. So Tori and a known classmate, Richard Burns, said that Tommy Skakel was known to have a drinking problem by the time he was 13. Oh, Just to like evidence how little supervision there was at this house. Oh, wow. Um, the drinking of all of the boys seemed to have created conflict with Martha as a few, well, I want to say like weeks, but like kind of six weeks in September, she wrote that Michael was so totally out of it that he was being a real bleep. And they didn't tell me what bleep was, but I thought it was dick because they didn't say ass. Um, oh, you write that girl. Yeah. Right. He kept saying that she was leading Tom on. She being martha mm-hmm. um and martha wrote later on that she couldn't be friends with tom anymore and she really needed to stop going over there so something was going on he's making moves he's getting right he's getting belligerent. angsty so tommy's the one that we've seen in the diary making moves michael's the one that's getting belligerent right now oh, oh, oh okay but you know there's stuff in there too about michael like you know wanting to be with her and michael admits himself as a teen that he had a thing for her so michael's the one that was da- drinking since 13 tommy's the one that's had a problem since 13 but michael's the also got like known so substance use yeah, history yeah. Gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha. um both of them together i'm certain were sure. drinking quite a bit and there was a known kind of rival t- rivalry between michael and tommy They were known to have real drinking problems and competitions between the two and competitions for like anything. So whether that's girls affection, sports, like I'm sure grades probably weren't the biggest thing, but maybe popularity in school, like who had, you know, the better name, all of that. And investigators, like I said, they believed that Martha was killed sometime between 9.30 and 10 because of those dog barking reports. And this was exactly when Martha was thought to be at the Skakels because... She got together with her friends. They went over to hang out with the boys before prank night. She was still supposed to be with the boys the whole night. I assume as a mom, this was maybe like a little bit of a comfort thing. Like, oh, there's going to be like multiple people there. And our next door neighbors with an older son can like look out for all of you. Yeah, they hang out all the time. It's not strangers. Right. And if I think the way a mom would, it would be like, okay, someone who's maybe a little bit more mature would be good to like hang out. Just to be sure. Right. So that makes total sense to me. And Michael was said to have gone out around 930. So wherever they are, I think they're probably will place them geographically at the Skakel house. Mm -hmm. Michael was like, "Okay, Monty Python has something airing right now for the first time ever. And it's the 70s. There's like four channels. Yes. He rushes over to I think they said his cousin's house, but it might have been some friends with a cousin. Mm -hmm. And so Tommy 
is now placed as the last person to see her alive. Tommy initially says they had like a little bit of flirting, like, you know, we're kind of like teasing each other. Probably mostly on his end, but okay. Probably. And then he said that he went inside to write a paper about Abraham Lincoln. Um, and this was a Thursday, October 30th. So, you know, something could have been due on Friday. That makes sense. Um, but since Tommy is then considered to be the last one to see Martha alive, investigators then are like, oh, prime suspect. So investigators talk to the school, but no teachers assigned any homework on Abraham Lincoln. Of course not. Like they knew nothing about a paper. And investigators initially thought Tommy to be like a very strong suspect, but he did have an alibi, which was that around 10 o'clock, so like half an hour later, Ken Littleton, who was the tutor who had like just moved into the Skakel house, uh, had said that they were watching TV at 10 and he didn't notice anything weird. And so for investigators, you know, you have to think this through, right? So between 930, where you see Michael placing both Tommy and Martha in the same place, mm-hmm. And 10 o'clock where Ken says, you know, he looks normal and totally fine. So for an investigator, you have to think through like, okay, in this half hour, can Tommy really bludgeon and beat her the way she was, right? Where her skull is literally deformed. There's a pool of blood and there's enough force behind this golf club to shatter it and then stab her with it and then drag her into the back of the woods and then clean himself up and then hide clothes and then take a shower and be watching TV with nothing the matter at 10 o'clock. True. However, again, conspiracy theorist brain, got to look at all sides. Mm-hmm. I wonder, he's a paid employee by basically the Kennedys. Correct. So. So, and here's the other thing about Ken. Uh, shortly afterwards, he was fired. And he did move to Nantucket, Rhode Island. And reports say that he allegedly started to drink heavily and use drugs at that time. There is nothing to say that he wasn't while he was there, but everything I saw said it started when he moved to Nantucket. Or so he was, and that's why he was fired. Right. I'll try to give him the benefit of the doubt, because I don't know. So Sounds it's possible. Like he's struggling with something. Maybe he knows too much. I'm just saying. Maybe he yep. lied. So it also seems like Ken committed some pretty petty crimes while he was in Rhode Island. And investigators zeroed in on him. But the problems was, because Ken had literally started like that day or that week, they didn't have a motive. Like, what's the motive for this savage beating? And right. there was also no physical evidence connecting him. So they had to let him off the list. Mm-hmm. So years and years and years go by. And this case gets very cold. Mm. And it's, you know, 1991. So like, what, 16 years later? Something this like that? This happened in 75? Yeah. Wow, yeah. Um, the trial of William Kennedy Smith, who was a, another Kennedy relative, um, he was charged and acquitted of the rape of another girl. But there is a false claim that William Kennedy Smith was at the Skakel house that night, and it is not true. It is just a rumor. But with all of the talk and interrogations and investigation investigators asking him right about this night, it opened up the case again. So in 1991, we get right back into it. And in 1991, almost, you know, so, oh gosh, so much later, um, Russian the father hired a PI to do an investigative piece on the story. Okay. So this was basically because they're known to be Kennedy relatives. This other Kennedy descendant, you know, had this 
uh, rape allegation thrown against him and whether or not he did it, he was acquitted of it in court. And so Russian is like, you know what? Fuck it. I just want my name clear. Like I want my kids names cleared. Let's get Tommy out of this. Mm-hmm. So he hires his own private investigator to do an investigative piece on the story. But when it was done, they wouldn't run the story. Oh. And you might ask yourself why. And that's because this investigation had the PI, so the private investigator, state that the Greenwich PD were paid off, but he refuses to say by who. And secondly, uh, he says he knows who did it. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> Leonard, <laughs> who is the PI, his investigative work also shows how poorly the PD handled the entire investigation. So take this with a grain of salt. Again, it had been over 30 years from the last homicide. So we don't even know if the police department was trained in how to do this. I mean, you look at Boulder and they only had, we go back to John Bonet, they had one homicide that whole year. Right. It's not like they're experienced in this kind of crime. Right. And that's the other thing, you know, we all learn this in like CJ 101 when you go to school, but there's that fact and myth kind of portion of what the public perceives CJ as and homicides like these big heavy cases are not the majority of crimes they are a very small percent they get the most traction because they're the most interesting and the most shocking yes but they are not you know everywhere ubiquitous all the time so it's not like these police officers have to be trained in what to do for the second one happens Mm -hmm. you know we've seen you can go an entire career and never see one absolutely so and you know Hopefully that's most police officers. They don't have to deal with this, but it does mean when it does happen, it makes it a lot easier for it to get botched. And that's what happened here. So um, a quick example from Crime Junkie on how poorly this was taken was that the police department left uh, Martha's body alone and not attended to for at least a half hour after finding it. To the point where a neighborhood dog was like all over the place, like sniffing around, moving stuff. Um, And it wasn't even like an autopsy clinician or the medical examiner who did her autopsy report who moved her. It was the funeral director. So there were definitely some balls dropped here. And that's not to say that, you know, it was purposeful, but it's also not to say that it didn't seriously harm this investigation. Right. And lastly, here's the other thing I want to talk about with Ken Littleton. He didn't get a full interrogation. So, you know, the tutor who said he was there, he didn't even get fully interrogated until almost a year later in the summer of 1976. And this is Ken? Yes. The one who's now already using drugs? Right. Okay. Yes. So they're going to, in the midst of his addiction... Take his word for it, I'm sure. Yeah. Ask him to recall something a year ago. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And so, again, he isn't even in the family. He's just attached. But this is just an example of, like, how that status and reputation can impact things. Like, they really didn't want to bother them. And even though they knew Tommy was the last one to see Martha alive, um, they knew the club was connected to the home. And they still never even got a warrant to do the full search of the skakel home could you imagine that like they were like oh yeah so you're the last one to see her alive and what's that you have direct access to the club that murdered her all right have a great day could you imagine just be like you know what we're just like big fans like we voted for your family so we're just gonna let that slide so i guess they did get permission to do a preliminary search on the home but guess what the police didn't conduct that search themselves who the fuck would do it? Uh, they had Tommy's older sister, Julie, who, by the way, yes, is in the family. And yes, is living in the home during all of this time. And yes, has, you know, something to lose. Do the actual search. 
there wasn't even like someone following her around. Stop. Where she could be like, that's our sink. And that's our th-. she's the one that did the search. No one else was there. Stop. To the best of my knowledge. I'm not even kidding. Well, that's horrible. Yeah. So it was pretty fucking awful. So once this case is reopened, the investigators that found out Ken did lie on that polygraph in 1976. Well, when they came back to him, like we said, they had found that he had that criminal background and a history of mental illness, which, of course, in the 70s and 80s was like basically evidence because there was so much stigma around it. And at this time, there's no evidence to connect the physical crime to him. So Rushton Skakel was so over it because once again, his family's name is in question. He gets another investigation to happen. So Rushton has private investigators go over everything the police did. And this action itself gets some attention because a wealthy family hires their own investigators to clear their own children's names. Yeah. That's going to look a little sus. And so in 1993, a book called Season and Purgatory was used by a man named Dominic. This was an author who wrote for Vanity Fair. He was really well known. And Dominic says that the pathologist in Dorothy's case gave him a copy of the autopsy report at like a book signing that he has. And that's how he decides to write about this. Okay. And in this autopsy report, it says that the media had it all wrong, that it wasn't Tommy. But the author also wouldn't say who it was. So two years later in 1995, another source approaches Dominic with a private investigation report. And Tommy changed his story in the early 90s, as did Michael. And they were big differences. Oh, good. So both of them. Do we love that? Both Michael and Tommy are changing their stories now. Excellent. So back in 75, Tommy had said that he left and later came home and wrote the paper about Abe Lincoln. And so during the private investigation, Tommy says he lied. (laughs) Tommy says he was with Martha about 10 o'clock, where he now says that they partied and got to like second or third base before they left each other. Okay. Um, So no no Abe Lincoln paper, huh, bud? No Abe Lincoln paper and uh, no sex, but I guess second or third base. Okay, pants down. Gotcha. Yep. So I guess that would account for that. I'm with you. I'm right there. But, um, you know, it also doesn't make sense as to why he was cleaned up. She wasn't. He could drag all of that, and that timeline still doesn't make sense. There's also still no physical evidence connecting him. So then we get to Michael, who also changed a story. And you know how he was like, hey, I was watching Monty Python and then I went home and went to bed. Mm. Well, he went home and then uh, midnight came around. He was like, you know what? I just can't sleep. You know what would get me to go to sleep? Mm. Uh, Jerking it off. Oh, yeah. So what does he do? Nothing gets you ready for bed like that. Right, boys? He uh, sneaks out over to Martha's house climbs up a tree oh what the fuck peeps in her little window shut the fuck and up. jerks off in the tree uh, but she's already dead not according to this story which places her alive at midnight oh can you say that again <laughs> yes he scales the tree like spider-man mm-hmm. so this is midnight he goes he does watch monty python he comes back Co- he's hanging out comes ba- sorry um this is horrible i'm sorry i just he returns home he goes you know inside he's like i'm gonna get some z's and then he's like can't fall asleep gotta spank it um creeps down the stairs yep this is midnight tiptoes tiptoes over to hands house hands up and like little paws scales the tree like spider-man yep castle web if you will Mm -hmm. um and then he gets there and like a squirrel uh collects his nuts and um 
And then he goes back home and goes to bed. I don't buy that for a second. You don't. Interesting. I, I, uh. So let me finish. We'll talk about it in a second. Michael obviously lied to the police. So after watching Mighty Python, instead of going to bed, he was spanking it. Um, however, later when he spoke to his father's investigators, Michael recounted that different story. And he remembered thinking, oh, my God, if I tell anybody I was out that night, they're going to think that I was the one who did it. Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe I recant that because I don't know, unless it's true, any other reason why you'd want to say that out loud. Literally, <laughs> literally. Like, and imagine going back on it, too. Like, I told the police I went to bed and then having to be like, fuck, I guess, yeah. Like, I was there. I'm not proud of it. but Yeah. Yeah. So, I <laughs> my reaction was, icky, icky, yuck, yuck. <laughs> Um, and then when Martha's mom, Dorothy, came over the next morning and he looked hungover and tired, he was probably freaking out because he thought she saw him masturbate the night before in the window. Oh, okay. And the mom was over to like yell at him or discipline him or something. Right. Got you. So, but even with all of this, it dies down again. The case goes cold again because they just don't have the evidence. Wow. And so other reports say that he confessed to this murder. Um, after a drunk driving incident, Michael was the one that rushed and had to send to the correctional school. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did because, again, per crime junkie, I think they said Rushton parented with an open check, closed emotions parenting. Oh, my God. Code, which I just thought was kind of funny. But um, he sent him off to the school, tried to get him better. And one of the schoolmates later said... That literally the first day he got there, he said, I'm going to get away with murder. I'm a Kennedy. And one of the schoolmates also said that Michael um, tried to put moves on Martha and that she rejected. And he, quote unquote, drove her skull in with a golf club. I mean, I feel like. Yes, a lot of the Kennedys feel like they're untouchable, mostly because largely they have been. Right. Um, But I also think that. It would just be awfully convenient for classmates to just like want something to say. Oh, yeah. Well, he told me this. This is what he said. You know, things get blown out of proportion or he just didn't say it at all. Right. Well, and we'll get more into that school next time. So this is a surprise two parter because you guys, I had 10 pages and I was like, I can do that, but I couldn't. Um, And we deserve to actually get into this. So in the next time, we are going to talk about the investigation into Michael. We're going to talk a little bit about that school. And we're going to talk about all of the freaking crazy court proceedings that happen. Oh, my God. I am so excited. I'm so mad at you that you're ending this. So just a heads up, you guys. We will have some pictures on our Instagram. And you can look forward to all of that. But this actually is still ongoing. And the last update we had was in literally 25 years after the case on October 30th in 2020. Wow. Yeah. So, oh my God, I'm so excited. Stop. Keep your eyes and ears open and love you all so much. I'm so excited to give you like a two-parter instead of an eight-parter. And we <laughs> will end this next week and very, very on time. Wow. Yeah. I love that. So all the love. And thank you guys for hanging out with us. Dang. Yes. Hopefully, you know, you don't get too far into this rabbit hole before I talk to you next week. Because really what I'm going to be talking about is a lot of this reputation stuff, a lot of the connection to the Kennedys, how that was used, and how that muddled this investigation a lot, actually. Um, And I'm just, I'm excited. So how are you doing? What are you thinking? I am, 
I'm intrigued. I think Ken is full of it. Agreed. The tutor. Yeah. Um, I'm li- I'm I'm recanting my Michael statement because I I kind of see like, wow, there's literally no way I could no way I could imagine someone wanting to say that out loud if it wasn't true. Yeah. Um, Especially, I feel like after the fact when they already put a death time frame on it that was before your mm-hmm. story, and then your story is jerking off to her. And I also feel like the fear of like the mom coming over and him being 15 and being like oh my god yeah i got caught my dad's not he's at the house he can't save me from this right you know her looking concerned and you know flustered and so right now in this story both of the skakel boys are a big red question mark for me um i don't trust either of them still to Mm. date but i will just give you the fun little cliffhanger here that According to the attorneys, Tommy and Michael have been estranged for years. Wow. So someone knows something. Someone knows everything. Someone knows everything. But between the two of those, someone knows something that they shouldn't know. Oh, my. So we'll leave that there. Keep you on the edge of your seats. Wow. Well, if you guys want to take a quick look at our Instagram page where you can find all the photos of all the people that we're talking about all the time. Hell, yeah. Um, Where could they do that? That would be about time for true crime pod. Mm-hmm. So with cute little periods in between all the words. And again, wherever you're listening to this from, it's going to be in the description box. You can copy and paste it. Hell take a cute yeah. little screenshot. Do whatever you would like to do. But that's about dot time dot for the word for true dot crime dot pod. That tripped me up for some reason. Dude, I'm sick. I'm you are <laughs> sick. So just to recant, you guys, that is on Instagram. And you would just search in the little box about time for true crime pod with periods in between everything. And then if you wanted to email us like a soliloquy or, um, I don't know, your favorite Shakespeare quote, we Ooh. might not respond, but we might. Um, you could go to our Gmail Yes, please, for the and love of it, tell them what the Gmail is. Listen, you guys, if you send us a picture of a pet, if you send us any information, we will likely respond. I'm only telling you when we won't respond so that you'll know that it's because you, I don't know, wrote us like a letter confessing your love. That's why we're not responding. But if you want to talk to us about like cool, funny stuff, send us memes, or tell like us a about good your life or good murder you're watching because I'm totally into that right now. Oh, yes. We're getting we are into my TV time. Like documentary the, fall, the winter is like... Okay, I can't go outside because it's fucking cold out. Yep. What am, what are we watching, people? Yes. So, you know, give all of that to us. You can email us from literally whatever server you're on. So Yahoo, I see you. Um, <laughs> you can send it to about time, the number four, TC, like true crime, at gmail.com. So that's A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric four, TC at gmail.com. And we so look forward to seeing all of your little pets. We love all the pod cats and pod pets it's so cute you guys send them over we love you guys and if i look at my watch that was about About time time for true crime. crime bye